And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Mr. and Mrs. America and all the ships at sea, conversationalists across the fruited plain, captains, courageous, princes of the universe, and the ladies who lunch, this is Open Line Friday. And we are loaded, loaded for bear, ladies and gentlemen. And yes, yes, it's me. It's me. I'm here. It is uh, the end of the week, and I've survived. Um, being a little bit under the weather most of the week. My name is Jason Hutt. I am the editor here at Sci-Fi For Me. Welcome to everyone. Glad to have all of you here with us live. We are broadcasting to Facebook, Odyssey, and YouTube. This show is also available on a number of podcast platforms. Uh, we've got listeners in various different parts of the globe. I see on the map right now, Canada getting some good representation there. France, Germany, Poland, Iran, Australia. Uh, we've had some listeners in Thailand, Malaysia. So good to have all of you with us. And I do want to invite those of you who listen to this as a podcast... I do want to invite you to uh, check out the live video every now and again. And the video from YouTube ports over to Rumble. We're not live on Rumble just yet. That might be coming at some point, but we're not there yet. There, there are some things, there are some stuff and some things and some plans and some schemes that we're, that we're working on that I haven't uh, that I haven't done anything with yet and we're not quite ready to announce yet but that's what next week is for because next Friday uh, is not going to be a typical open line Friday next Friday well no I take that back next Friday we're going to be off because it's going to be the Christmas weekend the the Friday after next the Thursday I'm getting ahead of myself the 30th will be the 500th episode of this show, and we're going to be making some announcements, and we're going to start uh, making plans and letting you know what we've got in store for 2023. <clears throat> some of it is housekeeping. Some of it is some pretty exciting stuff. Hopefully, maybe we can get some stuff going in 2023 that I wanted to do in 2022. But, uh, you know, I mean, it's limited resources. You do what you can when you can and and hope for the best. So that's that's what we're going to be doing uh, more of in 2023. Yes, hopefully some cool stuff. No NFTs. No AI generated art. So those two those two things, I can tell you uh, very confidently, <laughs> very confidently, those are not going to be on the table at all. Now, um, I do want to apologize because I still am not at 100%. I spent most of Tuesday in bed uh, with, I don't, I, I think bronchitis and sinusitis hit me both at the same time. This is, it's an annual thing, late, late, 
November, early December, this usually gets me. So it's uh, it's it's one of those things I've just learned. Okay, this is my this is my time to get it, and I and I get it. But it takes forever to get over it, and and it's just one of those things. So I've been taking a lot of vitamin C. I've been drinking a lot of water and and tea and and. Uh, uh, lysine and zinc and, and all sorts of, of pills. And like I said before, on uh, like I said on Wednesday, <coughs> excuse me, Theraflu, elderberry and honey does not taste like either elderberry or honey. It is, is gack-worthy. It is, is just not, not a good thing, which is frustrating because... I can't really do anything after taking the Theraflu because it reduces the effectiveness of the Theraflu. So I, I suffer in silence. I suffer in silence. And I do it for you I, because, you know, if, if Mrs. Boss had her way, I would take a, a couple of two or three days off completely and not do anything. But there's so much work that's got to be done around here. And I'm the one that's got to get get the thing done. So we're going to get the thing done today. All right. So let us uh, shout out to people in the chat. Uh, Death Angel Shadow. Yes. 496 down. Four to go. American Comics in the chat. Keeley's in the chat. I see Cam's there. Who else is around here? See, Sci-Fi Snob talking about those dirty Canadians. I'm not going to ban anybody, but you know, if uh, if we're putting out if we're putting out personal information, we may have to have a conversation. I don't know. Uh, Sci-Fi Snob asks if we're putting out NFTs where I'm a superhero. No, um, but that question does uh, does present an opportunity for me to tease. The 500th episode on uh, on the 30th because we we will have some announcements, some plans. I've got to have some conversations with some people to to line things up. But there are there are things there are things to do, and uh, and we'll and we'll get there. SB's here around too, and so is Dave. Good to see you there as well. The MS says, uh, my wife went on two vacations without me last year because I wouldn't stop working. I, I don't think we're at, we're at, we're not at that point yet. Um, uh, Mindy is not of a mind where she'll leave me behind if I'm working too much because, you know, she's just that way. But, but when it comes to uh, getting stuff done around the house, I have so many things to do. Not just not just the stuff here at the studio. And take a good look at the studio because there are some things that are about to change there as well. And and we're going to we're going to be doing some stuff here uh during the break and uh <laughs> when we come back on the 30th sparkly stuff. It's going to be fun. So anyway, I, I can't I can't tell you too much. I don't want to give it away. Spoilers, sweetie. So anyway, yes, it's it's open line Friday. Uh, I did see who was it? Uh, uh, Keely put in uh, talking about uh, the uh, the 
Kevin O'Leary and the FTX stuff. And yes, that is that is something that we could uh, that we could mention. Cameron Pasha posted the link over on Facebook, and I know he's mentioned it in a couple of places. Kevin O'Leary was on CNBC talking about his exposure and his his involvement in the FTX thing. They paid him to be a spokesperson. Kevin O'Leary, of course, being one of the one of the personalities on Shark Tank, and he was talking about investing his money in this thing and thinking that it was. It was a big thing. And for him to hear him explain it, his actually his rationale actually makes a little bit of sense. Because he saw this as as the first cryptocurrency exchange that was going to be based in the United States. And there was some appeal to that. You want to get on the ground level to the first American crypto exchange. Okay, fine. <clears throat> and talking with various different other potential investors and everybody's doing whatever due diligence that they do. And, and sure, he's admitting he got, he got rolled, he got scammed. He's, he's talked to Sam Begman fried and he says, where's my money? And he's openly saying, I am going to start pursuing and find out where my money went. In the course of this discussion on CNBC, he starts talking about other investors, people who have put money into FTX. <clears throat> and he mentions one name in passing very quickly before the whole the whole conversation got sent someplace else in other direction. I don't think anybody cut him off. Like, don't don't let don't let him say it. It didn't feel like that. It felt like the conversation started to meander and, and we talk about this and, and oh, by the way, what about this? It just, it just felt like it got it got redirected. But he mentions Bob Iger's name as an investor in FTX. <clears throat> and now Cameron Posh's theory has been that the Disney company put a lot of money into FTX through this Polygon thing. And the financial exposure for Disney was such that once the documents hit the desk of Bob Chapek, there would be hell to pay, which is why Christine McCarthy panicked and had this last-minute, you know, we've got to get rid of Bob Chapek before he sees this type of thing, and that's what it's very much starting to feel like. Now, I don't know, I'm not going to even speculate as to the legal exposure for any of these people, but at some point... That question is out there. How many of these people knew that this was a scam? But you also have to consider, you know, the, the Bernie Madoff stuff because Bernie Madoff scammed a lot of people. And it was, it was one of those things where, you know, he's... he's in jail and arrested 24, 48 hours after the whole thing blew open. And it's taken how long to get Sam Bankman freed the J.P. Morgan of cryptocurrency behind bars just a day before he was set to testify <coughs> in front of Congress. Funny how that timed out, isn't it? <coughs> so anyway, there's that this week. And I'm sure we'll be talking about it more on a on a on an upcoming money edition uh, 
of this show. Uh, lots of stuff is happening this week. I really surprised going into the holiday that we were going to get so much news, but we've got uh, we've got the Henry Cavill stuff. We've got the the um, uh, apparently we're getting a new Tomb Raider. We're getting Warhammer 40k. 40k. <coughs> we're getting um, Bar. Have you see? Did you see the Barbie the Barbie trailer? I okay. I got I got I, I two two things and then I'm gonna then I'm gonna open up the line and and let's have more than two people call in this week. Can we can we do that? But let's let's talk about the Barbie trailer for a second because the Barbie trailer now has me wondering if we should cover Barbie or not the movie and the reason the reason that I say that is because the Barbie trailer invokes 2001 and it, it it's it's such a fun bit um and by the way for those of you who don't know that's that's barbie showing up as the monolith that's the first bar that's the first barbie that's the first swimsuit barbie that showed up back in the what the 40s the 30s whenever it was that she first showed up um but it looks like, from the trailer, it looks like at least a part of the film is going to be in a Barbie land type of environment, universe. Because, you know, the Barbie houses look like the Barbie playhouses that all, all the kids had, you know, all the little girls had, you know, back in the 70s and 80s. And we've seen photographs of Barbie and Ken out in the real world. <clears throat> so it has me wondering if there's some sort of a transdimensional type of portal or something where Barbie and Ken get sucked into real life land as opposed to Barbie land. And so now, it, it, should we be covering this movie at all? Because I wasn't thinking that we were going to cover it. And, and now the question is, well, are we going to... Maybe we should. Maybe this is going to be more of a... More of a science fiction fantasy romp than we originally thought. Who knows? I don't know. <coughs> but the other part of that... <coughs> excuse me, as I, as I cough up a lung. The other part of that is something that... You know, we we're talking about various different things that we should or should not should or should not cover. Avatar 2 is on that list. Now, on Tuesday, we had a preview screening here in Kansas City. We missed it because, sick, I'm, I'm, I was not allowed to leave the house. But I hadn't really been thinking that I wanted to see it. I hadn't really been curious about it. I'm not interested in Avatar 2, uh, what I call um, dances with sea monkeys, dances with sea smurfs. And, uh, well, maybe, Snob says he doesn't get sci-fi from the trailer. Maybe, maybe, maybe fantasy. Um, and yes, the trailer for the film 65, that looks interesting. We finally find out a little bit more about what that's about. Let me, let me circle back to that for a second. But talking about the Avatar 2 film, my, my thought, and again, this goes back to my conflict as both a media professional and a fan. I'm not interested in Avatar 2. 
But something Gary at Nerdrotics said has kind of stuck with me, and I feel I feel called out. Not not that Gary has called me out specifically. I'm not going to say that he that's he's something he's done, but something that he said struck a nerve because he was talking about his. He's not looking forward to seeing, and he didn't. He's not interested. It's going to be thing, and. Somebody said, well, you, you don't have to go see it. You could just skip it. And Gary's response kind of hit me. He says, well, then I wouldn't be doing my job very well. And it reminds me that as a media professional, as a, as a person who's working in this industry, in the entertainment industry, in the news industry, not just here with sci-fi for me, but the stuff that I do as a stagehand, the stuff that I do as an audio-visual technician, the stuff that I do as a video production person. Some of the stuff I don't really want to be doing necessarily. I mean, I'm 52 years old. It's not very easy for me to be crawling around underneath a stage running cable it's not, you know, I get vertigo sometimes, so it's not very easy for me to climb up on a bunch of truss and ladders and whatnot and do a bunch of rigging stuff. There are things that I do because that's the job. Not necessarily because I sit there and go, oh, yes, I want to do that and damage my knees. You know, so, but but when Gary says this, I wouldn't be doing my job very well if I didn't cover it. It kind of struck a nerve because there are some things that I have passed up because personally i'm not that interested but professionally i should be so i'm going to resolve i'm going to make an early new year's resolution here now to try to do better to more comprehensively cover the things that are in our sandbox in our wheelhouse even if i'm not that interested personally because i have an obligation to you in the audience to give you as much as I can in terms of, you know, information, education, edification, what, you know, whatever you get from this channel. I want to give you more of that. So I want to do the best that I can and give you a hundred percent. And I haven't done that in, in every scenario. So I'm going to, I'm going to do better. Yes, I am. I am going to be better snob. I'm not going to be a better snob, but I am going. I am going to be better uh, because it 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 does it does speak to uh, it does speak to the 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 quality of the work that we do here. If I can sit here and say, well, we cover all of this, regardless of what our personal feelings are about it. It's still newsworthy. It's still worthy of comment. It's still worthy of, of opinion and observation and analysis. So we're we're gonna do better about that. I'm I'm that's that's my New Year's resolution uh, for you. And as part of that, that leads into some of the stuff that we're going to be announcing on the thirtieth <coughs> as part of the five hundredth uh, episode. So uh, so we'll. Uh, We'll have that. So you need to tune in on December the 30th and find out all of these things that we're going to be doing. 
and stuff and things and whatnot. Keely, I want to do a, a thing here. Can you send me an email or a DM after the show? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to send me a, send me a DM after the show, and, and we'll do that. Um, we've got some other stuff that's, that's brewing uh, that I'm not ready to announce yet, but you know, there's a lot of stuff going on, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a real quick. I'm going to hit the break. I'm going to put the StreamYard link in the, uh, in the chat, and we'll get started right after this. Stand by. Our transmitters are made from hand wavium. This is Sci-Fi for Me Radio. That's a really good question. <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. That's a good question. That's a good question. But that's a really good question. That's a great question. When you need to know, count on Sci-Fi for Me to be there asking all of the questions. That's been a question I've been asking myself quite a lot. That's a tough question. This is a rough question. That is a that that is a deep question. Bringing you news and opinion from all over the web. Sci-Fi for Me, delivering the multiverse since 2009. Good morning, Multiverse. Saturday morning at 11, 10 Central, only on Sci-Fi for Me TV. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here we go. I am putting the link in the comments. And for some reason, I don't know why, but it's not, uh, things are not syncing up over on, uh, over on Odyssey. So, unable to verify our channel. Interesting. Okay. Anyway. If you want to join, uh, the call. The lines are open now. Mr. Hoffman is standing by in the back uh, to help me manage all of the people who are going to call in and share their stuff. I guess maybe I should put uh, put my camera back up there. You guys spending all this time looking at Funko Pops. I once made an entire short film doped up on NyQuil. And that short film actually made it to the finals of the exposure competition on the Sci-Fi channel back in 2007. So I do okay when I've got drugs in my system, medical, medical medicines in my system. But sometimes I miss hitting a button. All right, we're back in... Uh, <laughs> we're back... Uh, live from the bunker, and uh, here's what I want to do in uh, in the stream yard. When you get in, uh, throw into the private chat what you want to talk about, just so I've got a little bit of a heads up and sit there and go, okay, here's what we're going to talk about because that sets me up to look good, right? <clears throat> I guess, maybe, I don't know. Uh, and I, I said Christopher standing by in the in the back to help me out. Christopher, if you want to, uh, if you have any opinions on anything, you want to jump in, uh, you're more than welcome as well. Uh, Cam's Cam says here. Let me get uh, let me get that one scanned in here. A friend and I once made a short film. We conceived of it at 8 p.m. Started filming at midnight. 
finished by 6 a.m. It was called Aliens 2. It was really stupid. <laughs> there are... Hey, there's what about joining the chat. Um, Camp, there is a, there is a competition... <clears throat> a number of places do this now, the 48-hour film film festival. And um, that kind of thing, the concept of the timed short film competition actually started here in Kansas City with the Independent Filmmakers Coalition. We don't do 48 hours. Uh, it is a 10-hour. You get, you get your required elements at uh, eight, 8 or 9 o'clock in the morning. And you put your team together, you run, you go shoot, edit, deliver, and then they screen it that night. And that's the beginning. That was the beginning of all of these timed things. And of course, you've got the 48-hour film competition that's all over the world now. Uh, but that actually, uh, to my understanding, that started in Kansas City a number of years ago. So, uh, all right. So uh, let us start. <clears throat> with Death Angel Shadow, who is in uh, in the chat uh, and is backstage, so let's pull him in and uh, and and draw in. So let's see. Um, I guess let me hit the button there. There he is. All right, Death Angel Shadow joining us again this week. Welcome, sir. Hey there. How you doing? Well, I'm alive. <laughs> Well, that's yeah. I can I can tell. I and I've been there, done that, and um, don't wish to repeat it. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> it's not fun. Not fun. Um, been uh, suffering through my own little uh, <clears throat> trials and tribulations here the past uh, week or so, and I'm like, man, I just got to make it through. I got vacation coming. <laughs> got vacation coming. What's what's vacation? Uh, yeah, well. Right. <laughs> yeah, so what's up? So, oh well, I, I I don't know. There's a couple of things I I think that uh, came out in the news. Uh, uh, Henry Cavill, uh, guess he's out of the picture now for yes. Superman. Yes, he has confirmed. And and let me let me interject here for just a second because mm -hmm. I have heard Cavill, Cavill, all that. I actually in my in my in my process of being a media professional for 34 years, I actually go to Henry Cavill's social media presence and find right. a place where I hear Henry Cavill actually saying his name. And it is Henry Cavill. It is not Cavill. Cavill. It is not Cavill. Death Angel Shadow said it right. I'm not. I don't want to. I don't want anybody think okay. I'm calling him I, out. You did it right. You got it right. I'm not. I'm okay. not coming down on you. I am using. <laughs> I am using the opportunity here to make sure that everybody understands. We do our due diligence here in terms of pronunciations. It is Cavill. You are correct. All right. So I. I inter interrupt you. Yes, he has confirmed. He is done as Superman at least for now. Yeah, that's. That's kind of a big deal, isn't it? Uh, considering that everybody really loved him, I guess, as Superman, and we're really looking forward to him being the next, um, uh, well, being in the next uh, Superman movie production. Uh, I think they were looking forward to seeing what James Gunn might do with him. Yeah, I think um, I think there's a couple of things there because I've seen I've seen speculation on a couple of a couple of different reasons, possibilities, whatever. 
the 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 official line that James Gunn has come out and said, it, you know, Superman's a priority. So it sounds like they're going to build this new DC universe around Superman, which is as it should be. And okay. he says yeah. the, he's been writing the new script and it's going to focus on a younger Superman, which means Henry Cavill is not going to play Superman. And a lot of people say, well, Cavill should not have then been allowed by the studio to say that he was coming back as Superman because Warner Brothers let him do that after the Black right. Adam thing. But this was before James Gunn and Peter Safran came on board as the new co-CEOs of DC Films. So plans right. change, and Cavill was very generous about it, very gracious, very gentlemanly. He's very professional. He, you know, he did. Kudos to him. But he sits there and says, you know, Gunn says that there's going to be this new plan. So some people are thinking, well, let's get rid of all of the Zack Snyder elements. This is this is a sweep of the table to eliminate everything that Zack Snyder put in. Right. Which means not only is Henry Cavill going to be gone, and and most likely Ben Affleck is not going to play Batman anymore. They are talking to Affleck sure. about directing, but it probably also means Jason Momoa is no longer going to be playing Aquaman. Which, now, now I, I had heard something about that. I think we talked about that last week too, right? Yeah, there's some, there's some, there's some, some speculation he might be moving into the Lobo role, which he was playing right. already. Only he was dressed up as Aquaman, but he was already <laughs> playing Lobo. Right. Right. And I guess the only, the only casualty of all of that that would probably be, um, worth the angst would be Gal Gadot because she does a fairly credible job as Wonder Woman. She does, yeah. But then you've got the whole Patty Jenkins thing. So I was like, okay, it's time well, It's time to just do a clean sweep, get everything off off the table and, and start over from scratch again. But if Gunn's got a, a, a 10-year plan, let, let's see what his, what his 10-year plan is. This is something they should have done 14 years ago. So, so let me ask you, do you think, and, and this is going to be a loaded question here, <laughs> do, you, do you think that they're going to try and do uh, <clears throat> swapping on uh, Superman's uh, whatever, <laughs> gender, race, et cetera, et cetera? No, uh, think? <laughs> the actual the actual Superman Kal-El survivor of Krypton that we know and love as Clark Kent is still going to be right. the same guy. Um, okay. The Ta-Nehisi the Coates thing is still out there, which I don't think is actually going to ever get made. Um, I think it's still just... I think it's going to be in development hell forever, and it's going to get froze up, and it's not going to ever happen because people don't want to see it. Um, okay. The the Michael B. Jordan Black Superman project might right. might still move forward, but that's Calvin Ellis. That's that's a completely different character, and there's room to different have character. both of them. So you can have Clark right. and, and Calvin Ellis, and but in, in, in the same universe. Absolutely, and and that's and and that's the thing. You know, I don't have a problem with 
introducing new characters, I have a problem with, we're going to take this character that's been around and beloved for, what, 50, 60, 70 years, and then we're just going to turn around and mix it up and change it and this and that and the other and throw it, you know, that's my biggest concern. You want to introduce a new character or a character that's even been around for a few years um, that's its own unique character. That's awesome. Yeah. I, 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 I'm all in favor of that, you know, but. Uh, well, but, and, and but, what about's got a, com- a, a comment here about Superman with a Black Lives Matter cape? I think if you, it, the, it's a, there's a fine line here. Yes, Ta-Nehisi Coates. Ta-Nehisi Coates, that Valzad, that thing absolutely is rife with political angst and it will go sideways very quickly. I don't think that Michael Jordan's Calvin Ellis story would do that kind of thing because everything that we've seen uh, when Michael B. Jordan has been talking about that particular project, because Oprah even asked him about it, would you play Superman? And the first thing in his response was, well, it wouldn't be Clark Kent. I'd be playing Calvin Ellis. He clearly understands. He, right. he knows the material. So I would expect that he'd probably have a little bit more respect for it uh, than, than Tiny Heasy Coates. Because Tiny Heasy Coates is, is, is a Marxist and is, a, you know, just you read some of the stuff that he's written in The Atlantic and it's just a garbage tier. Uh, political hack. Uh, MS also right. wants to join this particular topic program, Amen. so let's oh. let's uh, let's let him in. So, um, welcome to the program. You've got some you've got some thoughts on this. So, what right. what say you? Oh no, I just had a friend that was asking me the same question about if there was going to be any swapping or going going in that direction. But to me, it, it sounded like. You know, if if you're going to come in and you're cleaning house at WB, why would you immediate, immediately alienate your, your Chinese market, your Middle Eastern market? You saw how the CW was doing with their with their numbers. So why would you want to swap at that point? It, it, to me, anyways, it would sound like if they're going to do a story, and I wrote this in the comments, well, you kind of follow what Christopher Nolan did. You start off when Superman is entering in, or Clark Kent is entering into Metropolis, and then maybe you see why he becomes Superman or what events lead up to him saying, I need to wear this cape and start doing X, Y, Z. And then you build from there and you, you make a trilogy over that. Yeah, and it sounds like that Gunn is planning to do something like that because the early word, the rumor is that this first new Superman script would be his early days in Metropolis. So it sounds like it would it would be Clark Kent just you know just starting out, getting set up at the Daily Planet, finding finding his footing as a hero. Now the thing the thing that I've always had a problem with Snyder's version of Superman is that it's not Superman. Superman is who he is because of how he was raised, not because he's an alien, not because he's from Krypton, not because he's got all of these powers. Superman is Superman. It's it's because of, yeah, it's because of his parents, because Jonathan and Martha raised him with a certain set of values, 
that defines the core of the character. And if James Gunn can get that right, right, then everything should be okay. But the other part of that is if he doesn't get Superman right, then the rest of the DC universe is going to suffer. Christopher Hoffman joins us as well. He's got some opinions to share. Yeah, um, I, I I agree with you uh, about uh, about getting Superman right. Um, I think James Gunn has that capacity to to put the heart and soul into Superman, um, and I'm really I'm really hoping that he might take a page from uh, Morrison's uh, Multiversity. Um, if he's going to introduce any sort of alternate heroes and that sort of thing. But there's a caveat to that. I think we have to get everything established first in Gunn's, right. you know, Justice League before he goes into, you know, alternate uh, planes and stuff like that. You know, Grant um, Morrison is so hit and miss, and Multiversity was... The, let me let me put it this way. My opinion, and and I am not one hundred percent have to be right on this. I'm I'm not that kind of a host, but uh, there are better iterations of the multiverse than what Grant Morrison d delivered. I'll I'll just put it that way. Would Would you think that we're we're looking at something maybe in between Smallville? What uh, you know? What Smallville was back in the day, and um, maybe say the first Superman movie, which kind of jumped very jaggedly from him being like a small child to suddenly he's you know this uh, this uh, young adult gro go going out on his own. Do you think we're going to see? that transition or do you think we're just going to start off right at you know he's a young cub reporter what what, what do you think we're going to go with that i think if and i agree with stop we don't need an origin story i think if we hit the ground running at the very very beginning of the movie where clark kent is showing up at the daily planet and he's clark kent we don't have any indication at all whatsoever that he's superman Right. And he gets his job, and he's you know he's he's trying to trying to fit in. He's trying to get a get a get a position as a reporter, and blah, 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 blah. And then the plane or the rocket or the whatever rescue happens. I personally would like to see John Burns' uh, yeah. six issue reboot as a as a movie because that actually can work introducing all of the different elements not just superman's origin ish because you know the way john byrne did it you know clark has been traveling around the world he's been saving all these lives he's been diverting all these disasters and whatnot but he hasn't had any kind of a costume or anything right he's just helping people which is kind of in man of steel but there's no superhero identity yet right Right. And he gets to Metropolis, and the rocket comes in, and he and he saves the he saves the space plane, right? And Lois Lane gets off of the space plane, and she's like, "Hold it right there, Buster!" And he looks at her, and 
purple eyes and she's like, you know, and he freezes and the crowd comes in and now his face is exposed and everybody sees who he is. And now he's like, what am I going to do? And he goes home to mom and dad. He's like, they all wanted a piece of me like I was this piece of meat or something. I, I, well, how do I do this? And Jonathan right. Kent says, I got an idea. Let's slick your hair back and throw some glasses on, and you're a completely different person. <laughs> and, well, that, can I comment on that, though? Yeah. Because I think that goes back to what you, you said earlier, that Clark Kent, Superman, his values come from his parents. Now, I, I, I mean, you guys have read comics probably as long as me as well, but I feel like there's two iterations of Superman. I feel like there's the iteration of Superman where, yes, his ideals are coming from his his mom and dad. And then I feel like there's a newer version of Superman where it's like Superman is not, he's not America's ideal. He's not the American version of a hero. Now he's the world's version of a hero. And he takes on the ideals of the world. It's, this maybe might be more recent as well, you it know, is. in the last 10 to 15 years. I don't think Gunn will go back that far. Well, so, you know, the, pr the problem, the problem with making him a citizen of the world mm -hmm. is that tra traditional Midwest American family values are right. generally not accepted most other places anywhere in the world. And, you know, Superman, for good or ill, he is the big blue Boy Scout. There is a specific reason why his character has resonated for over 80 years. And it's because of that whole truth, justice, and the American way. He is an American hero. He is a citizen of the United States. He's an adopted citizen of the United States. He's less right. alien than Wonder Woman. I've, I've said from the beginning, you, you look at the Trinity... Uh, between Bruce Wayne, Clark Kent, and Diana, she's the alien. Right. You know, because she mm -hmm. doesn't have any understanding of what any of the world is about because she's been on Themyscira all this time. Sure. Uh, Bruce is removed from everything because of his trauma and because of his wealth. Right. Clark is probably the most grounded of the three in terms of his appreciation yeah. for what america is about hardworking, you know yeah. backbone of I mean, america he grew yeah. up on a farm and and he's adopted he understands what it means to be chosen to that extent i mean you talk you, you know there are a number of people you get into the yeah you know, i i don't i have not adopted i'm not i haven't been adopted so i only know this secondhand but there are a lot of people who, who look at adoption as, it, you know, it, you don't look at it as being thrown away by somebody. You look at being chosen by someone. You were, you were chosen to be in this family. And however, however Clark arrived, Jonathan and Martha chose to, to take him in and keep him and say, this is, this is our kid. And that grounds him as a person, as a character, and it also is the audience's entry point into, okay, well, we can believe that he can do all of these things, all of these spectacular, wonderful things, because he's 
he's Joe Sixpack from down the street. You know, you see right. him in the barber shop. You see him in the hardware store. It's the same kind of guy. He salted the earth. Exactly. That's <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. But exactly. I also think, like, like last night, I was rereading uh, Frank Miller's Year One with Superman, which I, it's, I don't think is that good. But <laughs> but one of the things that is interesting that I, had, I noticed was that the story makes a connection between how uh, his father, you know, he's kind of speaking to him while he's in the ship, and also they made it seem like he's he has this connection even when he's out of the ship you know i'm not wasn't too fond of but the idea that the ideals of jonathan kent were also the ideals of jarrell's father you know it's like it's not like he just randomly shot him into into space and hope for the best it well was, that's kind of was choosing this a little bit that's kind of a retcon that that's that's been hit and miss over the years because there have been stories besides frank miller's there have been other stories where they've tried to kind of explain why kal landed where he did because jarell visited earth Previously, there was a whole there was a whole storyline about how he visited Earth and he met the Kents, and so you know there's that. But that that kind of implies that was a more the recent little, story, right? The one where well, he meets the Kents. That's that's been that uh, 15, 20 years ago, maybe. Okay. I don't know. I, yeah. It's been a, it's been a long while, but that to me is a little bit contrived. I don't know, Christopher. You got a look on your face. Yeah, um, I I really uh, will be interested to see how James Gunn sort of approaches the um, sort of apple pie America kind of Norman Rockwell picture that we have grown to love of of Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe in the. Uh, in the first film that came out in uh, 77, mm-hmm. I believe the choice of Glenn Ford was a casting coup yeah. as Jonathan Kent because you've got that whole sort of, you know, Grapes of Wrath kind of John Steinbeck Middle America thing right there in just, you know, his craggly face and, and how, you know, he is raised you know, in the Midwest. And, and I do agree with uh, Death Angel's shadow that it kind of jumps a little bit quickly. I would have liked to have seen a, a few more scenes in Smallville with the high school kid um, version of Superman. But I also know that it was extremely long for it, right. its time when it came out. But um, it's going to be really interesting to see how they're going to approach, you know, capturing the uh, big blue Boy Scout aspect of Superman, given that we're in 2022 now. Um, and, and does that kind of still resonate? I mean, I it, it seems like in the undercurrent of America's subconscious, we want this to resonate. I think but, um, all this other stuff is muddied kind of the american 
Given the success of Top Gun Maverick, James Mm. Gunn, it would be probably one of the most punk things for James Gunn to do is to make Superman baseball, hot dogs, apple pie, and Chevrolet, American values. He grew up in Kansas. Truth, justice, the American way all the time. And, and you can and, have and don't you forget have, the American way part. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and you can have people react the way Lois did in in the seventy eight movie. She says you're going to be fighting everybody from Hollywood to to Washington D.C. You you got to be kidding with this. And it's the sincerity of his faith in humanity. If you can sell that, if you can give me that realistically, that he actually does believe and has hope that people are good because that you you look at you look at some of the interviews that Christopher Reeve did he says at his core superman is a friend and he absolutely right. nailed that character and you look at what Henry Cavill said here not too long ago about the the essence of the character is hope and joy and optimism and whoever comes in next has to embody that has to has to be able to embrace that but i think james gunn has a has an opportunity here to kind of reset the dial and not do something so nihilistic and negative and and depressing and give us the bright colored you know ass on his chest we we need hope a, man we do and and we need we need the big blue boy scout we need the traditional yeah. superman because there is value to having heroes and for, not for knocking our heroes too. down you know i mean right. give us give us king arthur give us luke skywalker give us captain right. kirk give us superman batman flash gordon buck rogers and do it in a way that doesn't tear them apart doesn't knock them down doesn't make less of them because we need role models to emulate. We need heroes to sit there and go, okay, what would Jim Kirk do? What would Superman do? What would Jesus right. Christ do? What would what would think, any Captain America do? I just would say I think it's important too. You know, I have black friends, Puerto Rican friends, you know, I, I got I grew up in Florida. I've I've lived in lots of places in the United States, overseas. Everybody loves Superman. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's it's because of, it's like what you're saying. It's it's who he is. And one of the things that worries me is I feel like today in today's society, anyways, there's a really a big divide between the cities and everything outside of the cities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know it's it, people look at people. And I lived in a I lived close to Orlando at one point. That's I'll say it's a big city. Now I live out in the middle of nowhere. You know. Um, if people think, well, you live out in the middle of nowhere, you're not, you're not smart or you're cut, you don't understand things or, you know, you know, not true. You know, I'm, I go to school, my wife, master's degree. It's this idea that one group thinks they're better than the other group, but Superman was able to just say, you know, Hey, you're black. I'm white. You're Puerto Rican. I'm, you know, I'm Chinese. It doesn't make a difference anymore because Here's something that we collectively can believe in and, and put hope in 
and you know a lot of these biblical values honestly you know you're putting your faith you're putting hope and things into this and when people can really put true hope and faith into something it melts these these differences aside no. and allows people because he wants to be everybody's friend it allows everybody in the room to also become friends i see i know slash uh sob sci-fi snobs are talking about 40k hammer but so i'll uh i i believe there's a, <clears throat> a kind of closest out um i believe that there is uh with superman he recognizes values in in everyone's experience but he also recognizes that universally we pretty much have the same goals and we want to take care of our family we want to you know be safe and that sort of thing and and i believe that character resonates with throughout the world and hopefully james gunn will be able to uh to present that in a i'm really very hopeful too what yeah. i want to see what i want to see at least in one part somewhere in the movie i would like to see clark kent traveling the United States and going to Cincinnati and visiting the building that is the actual physical building that was the inspiration for the Hall of Justice. Just because it would be a nice wink and a nod because that, that building be actually is there. And I think I want to say it's the train station, but I don't I don't know if I got that right. But it's in Cincinnati. I want to go yeah. see it, but the actual Hall of Justice is in Cincinnati, and I want to see Clark can't go visit the Cincinnati Museum Center. Dave sits there. Oh, thank you. Now, now you make me want to go see it next time I go up to Ohio. Well, <laughs> that that would be great. We'll do a meetup. Everybody will uh, do a meetup in Cincinnati, right, at the Museum Center. That, that that's would be only kind of five fun. hours from there me. There we go. There we go. There I don't know how far it that. is from here, but. And that uh, James Gunn could take a page out of uh, uh, Sullivan's Travels in Preston Sturridge's book. That would be really cool. Yep. Approach. Speaking of sci-fi snob, he joins us now. He's he he does have some thoughts on the on the Warhammer Forty Thousand. Uh, Can I ask sci-fi but... snob a question? Has or any of you has anybody ever played Warhammer? I have not. Okay. Okay. I'm a, a D&D. Christopher, I play D and D. My son wants to play Warhammer, but I was like, "Son, this looks like it costs a lot of money." Yeah, it's expensive. <laughs> yeah, I, I, <laughs> That's yeah, why I, I never I, got to do it. I, I was, I was going to say that. Um, yeah, I, I uh, took part in a tournament that um, was sponsored at my local comic shop, and um, they had, uh, they had the miniatures, you know, right there that you could play with during the tournament. If you wanted to purchase some, you could like later on. But yeah, Warhammer, the miniatures are very nice, but they are very, very expensive, as well as you got to get the paint and all that stuff, and and that. So it's it's it can definitely turn into a bit of a money money pit. All right, so let's let's let Snob get a word in edgewise. Welcome to the program, <laughs> sir. It's good to it's good to hey, see thanks. you back in here. That's no, so, no, no problem, no I, problem. I, I, I don't mind talking about whatever whatever anybody wants. Uh, I just th I thought the whole the Warhammer 40k thing with Cavill saying he's being involved is sort of a, a, a bit of a transition. Now, I mean, I've never played Warhammer. I know about it and about the universe, 
And the theme, the reason that it's interesting to me is because I think it's interesting, even though you haven't, um, the universe itself is so interesting, the backstories that you don't have to be involved with the models or any of that. And I've never done any of that, uh, but I am aware of it and know a little bit about it. It's just the, the, I mean, it's something different. Um, the universe is so dark, right? Yeah. Um, I think the Imperium of Man is the greatest example of that. <laughs> it's basically, you know, they've got a, I mean, I'm, I'm sure, you know, uh, I can, someone can correct me on this because I'm not an expert, but the Imperium of Man is run by a, uh, you know, a, an emperor who's, who's, I don't know, a thousand years old or something, and he's probably dead inside this suit, and they have him sitting on the throne, but these, you know, the priests, the, the equivalent of priests, you know, interpret what he says, you know, people are 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 simply just numbers and they they throw you know millions of soldiers at at planets to defeat the enemy that sort of thing it's the kind of uh, story where you know everybody should be dead at the end yeah uh, you know and they're all true believers trying to you know do whatever task is given to them which is impossible and they all mm -hmm. sort of die at the end so it's a really uh i mean it's a very i'm, I'm sure you can give me a little bit more uh detail about that but it's so very dark and it would be very different than anything that's put out there, but it has to be written as a dark story <laughs> and you have to, you know, you could have a, a hero, but I would, if I was making a series of those movies, I would have one hero per movie because he's going to die. Yeah. And uh, you have to have a new one every time. Uh, but you could really push it. Um, Cam I don't says, know if there's, you want to get some comments I, on that? Cam says, take the most lame views of a 14-year-old metalhead from 1982, and that's Warhammer 40K. <laughs> but it could be done very well, and it, as long as you, you look at it from that perspective and you're not trying to... It's well, the opposite and, of Superman. And the that's the key. That's the key, because Cavill has even come out when he posted on Instagram, and we got this in our in our news lineup for tomorrow on on uh, Good Morning Multiverse. His His thing here is... We're going to deliver something that is faithful to the IP, that respects the IP. He's specifically making a promise that whatever it is that they're going to be developing is actually going to honor the source material, which I think is kind of a call out really? because there's a couple of things here. Remember what the he said Witcher. about The Witcher? <laughs> you know, Bo, Bo DeMaio... In the, in the writer's room, he's talking about some of the writers on that show. Now, Cavill hasn't said anything about the Witcher staff. Bo DeMaio, who is bringing in, uh, he's the one who's going to be giving us uh, the animated X-Men 97, right? He says that the, the writer's staff on the Witcher either never played the game, didn't understand the game, or openly mocked the thing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, why would you have writers who are derisive of the material that they're writing. And then why are they doing that in general? Well, and, I, and then know. there's speculation that one of the things that, that was discussed between James Gunn and Peter Safran and Henry Cavill, uh, and the, you know, part of the deal of Cavill coming back was that he wanted script review. He wanted to be able to sit there and say, yes, this is Superman. No, this is not Superman. I don't want to do this one. Which right. could have been a deal breaker with the studio. Now the other thing too is we're hearing that maybe David Zaslev has gotten involved, basically saying all of these people cost too much money. We got to cut our expenses. So that could be a factor as bring, well. Bringing that budget down. But you have Cavill coming out on the red carpet saying Superman should be hopeful, optimistic, joyful, and now right. he's coming in with this Warhammer, saying 
it's going to honor the IP. And my guess is he's already had enough projects he's been involved in that don't respect the source material. He's finally said, you know what? I'm just going to do it myself. <laughs> I, well, I, I, kind mean... of, I kind of commend him for that. But then I'm looking at the, the statement that he made and I'm thinking to myself, he's setting himself up to uh, not not for disappointment on his end but he like <coughs> oh you're going to be respectful for the ip and that there's so many different bloody factions and and mm -hmm. emphasis on bloody in in warhammer and they're always in a constant state of war right and that the, the lore is so dense that that in any sort of you know film adaptation you're not going to be able to hit on everything. Well, that's not what he says. That's not, he's that, not, so. he's not saying well, he's going to give everything that's in Warhammer. I mean, we understand there's so much stuff in the, in the, in the universe, but what I'm taking that to mean is we're not going to give you the rings of power. You know, we're not going yeah. to come up with something completely, you know, made up out of whole cloth that has absolutely no basis in anything that's come before. You know, right. if we give you a Warhammer 40K movie, it's going to be a Warhammer 40K movie. And you're is it, going is to it a movie or a show for Netflix? It's going to be a series on Amazon. But, on Amazon. but however, however it comes out, whether it's, you know, it could, it, this could turn into a huge big thing. I mean, Amazon could make it a series and then it becomes a, a, you know, a series of movies. It could do things. You just sit there and say, okay, we're going to honor the, the IP. We're going to honor the source material. That basically says we're going to take stuff that's actually in the source material and we're going to put it in the TV show. Yeah. You know, and, it's and not you know, going to be Halo. You don't need a, you know, you don't need to get into the giant backstory anyway. Yeah. I mean, that's not, that's interesting for, you know, the, the small number of nerds who like to read that stuff. But, you know, it, it's, in essence, a hero story. I, I kind of uh, what they should do is I, I I akin it to there's a bunch of PC uh, like third person shooter games on PCs which are set in the Warhammer universe, and it's basically you know you play the hero and a group of you know uh, soldiers with you and you go through and you know you 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 do some sort of mission solve a yeah. problem. It's it's very similar to a movie, and I mean that's what you want. You don't want to get into the dark the deep lore of this. All that should sort of come out a little bit. Some of it should come out in the show itself, but there's no need to get into the, uh, you know, in the deep depths of it. You don't have to do that. You just need a good hero story. Now, um, now is, is Cavill is Cavill supposed to be involved in in the Warhammer thing? He, he's or an that... executive producer. He's he's oh, the wow. one he's the one putting it together. Yeah, and so he's uh, he's got okay, Vertigo. Vertigo Entertainment is coming on board as a production company. I don't know what his connection is to them. Uh, I've I don't I and I don't think that's Vertigo Comics, because Vertigo Comics right. is DC. Because yeah. um, I mean, but he yeah, was he's pretty he's pretty dedicated boss. to the to the authenticity. Uh, authenticity. Okay, uh, this guy this guy is so dedicated as a gamer, he almost missed his audition for Superman because he was playing <laughs> wow. a game, or yeah. whether it was Superman or or. It was some some role that he had. He he almost missed a meeting because he was gaming. 
That's how that, that's, that's how into this actually. thing is. So yeah, that's so Cavill is, is Anna, that Star Wars girl, would know exactly what I'm talking about, and she could give you book, chapter, and verse. I don't. I I mm-hmm. am not able to do that. So yeah, there's there's quite some information that that Cavill is a secret geek or not so secret. He's uh, not secret I think he at has all. a. Yeah, he has a you know a TikTok or Twitter or some sort of short video where he's building his own PC yeah. and he's doing it himself. Like yeah. he actually seems to you know know this sort of thing. Well, oh, he's a total nerd. That, that brings up a worry for me in the sense that when I look at Warhammer, I think I think of Warhammer sometimes the same way I think of DC Comics. It's like Marvel is very accommodating to new readers, whereas like with DC, they just expect you to know the lore when you start reading their comics. And Warhammer has so much lore, you have to you have to decide and choose a place. Where where am I going to start this story? How am I going to draw people into it? Mm-hmm. And is this the story that you know, like Dungeons and Dragons has had this problem over time with their movies, and with Cavill being a nerd, sometimes it's harder for the nerds to to stop back to take a step back and say, how can I introduce this to non nerds? Well, because, well, and I, I mean, think I, I, I think, think snobs snobs made a point on that where you have your yeah. core your your core spine of your story, whatever that is the the hero, the team, the whatever, and the world building and the lore drops in around it as decorative pieces as as setting. Yeah. And, so you don't have to spend forty five minutes explaining who the Bene Gesserit are. You just go in and Dude. you know here it is. Well, I mean, look at Star Wars. You know, yeah. for over a thousand for over a thousand generations, the Jedi Knights were the guardians of peace in the galaxy. That's two. Yeah, yeah that's that's five seconds. Right, and there's yeah. lore, and yeah. Jedi it, Knight. It, I mean, it's, it's in it's in the word choice. It's in the way things are described. I think there's a way that you can do that to introduce when the you have world building. So much in more. The story. When you have like like for Dungeons and Dragons, you know, it's like when you have so much lore. Like when I saw the new trailer, I was like, well, what they decided to do with this new movie is we're just going to take basic archetypes based on what I'm looking at the trailer, throw in the things that people love and know. Mm-hmm. Whereas like the original story, when they the one back with um um. Irons and, and Wayne's is like, well, we're going to tell a story. They tried to make the Dragonlance movie, but that didn't, you know, the cartoon version, yeah. that didn't work necessarily. They had, it, it, to me, it seems like in the movie, the new Dungeons and Dragons, it's like somebody said, we're going to scale this all the way back and try yeah. to drop. Like, so as a player of, of Warhammer, where would you start? So, I, I mean, I, for me, like, I, I think. You know, a, a Warhammer movie would be a basic, you know, action hero movie, and you would just be, you know, it would be, you would be. Well, how uh, does that Space Marine differentiate itself from other action hero movies then? But all action hero movies are basically the same anyway, right? <laughs> it's just a matter of the dressing over top of it, and then through right. several movies or or series or seasons, whatever it is, then you sure. you know you slowly develop the world out, right? So I mean. A, a, a basic Warhammer movie to start off would be just be, you know, you drop a, a bunch of space Marines in there in you know, on some weird planet and you could pick who you want to fight, you know, the Tyranids, whatever you want. And they just have to go and, you know, maybe retrieve some relic or, uh, you know, stop somebody from firing off a super weapon or anything like that. I mean, it doesn't matter, right? Like it's a story. And then from there you build out the characters. I mean, because the lore is kind of, I mean, it's interesting, but it's not really, 
you know, the primary part of the story, right? And a story archetype from, you know, Beowulf back thousands of years ago is the same. And it's just mm-hmm. a matter of the dressing. You know, you song. know, what would be fun. And I know they're not going to do this because there would be all sorts of complications. But what would be fun is for Henry Cavill to DM a game and take that game and turn it into the script. And just bring a bunch of people in. You would bring a bunch of big Warhammer fans, players, and and just do a game, a, a yeah. something. And okay, this is our first movie. I mean, it you wouldn't do it, but that would be kind of fun. And, and yeah, MS, let me problem, let me go back for a second on the on the D and D thing. Like, yeah, there's there's a tons of problems with that. But with the D and D thing, you know what they're doing is they're taking the cartoon. And from they're, the 80s? they're, they're giving the 80s? us they're giving us a variant <laughs> multiverse version that's, yeah, that's of those cartoon one, characters. Yeah. Which hmm. if they do it right, it could be fun. I'm cautiously optimistic about this D D movie. Cautiously it optimistic. Looks fun. <laughs> I, I, I'm also thinking that they're taking a, a page uh, a little bit a page out of uh uh Gallant and you know some of those kind of like hey we're in a fantasy setting let's have fun you know that sort of thing mm-hmm. movies should be fun broader audience oh no i agree yeah. i agree and and i think i think now more than ever the 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 timing is right to have a sort of good entry mm-hmm. level D movie because mm-hmm. yeah you know pretty much all the stigma from D D and stuff like that has has faded away the the problem the problem with what they're doing, uh, or the way they're doing it, is uh, I think it's kind of uh, endemic of of what the what the previous problems have been. Um, they have this vast, rich uh, history of Faerun that should be, pull, uh, you know pulled upon that you know Ari Salvatore has done so many things you know Bob as everybody calls him um, he, it's so funny you think Ari Salvatore and then you hear him talk and he's got this New York accent you know <laughs> Bob um, but um, but you know you know they've got so much history and, and whatnot that's that's in embedded into the Forgotten Realms and instead they're going to do this super clean weird looking uh i I mean my god that's the that's the cleanest cleanest uh you know uh city i've ever seen that's (laughs) medieval themed Uh, i I think it makes sense well it's the it's the cartoon yeah yeah it's and, and 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 the thing is is that there's so there's so many stories in forgotten realms that they don't even have to stick with Drizzt. They could they could do so many different things, and instead they're trying to go. Oh, we're going to put ourselves in this box again. Yeah. You know. All right. I'm hearing some kind of a weird vibration from somebody. It's a it's an odd it's an odd noise. I'm not sure who that's coming from. That might be me. Hold up. <laughs> There's a motor. There's a fan blowing somewhere. You guys want to talk uh, about 65? <laughs> you know, that's 
that actually looks pretty interesting because you know we we've been, yeah. we've been reporting on this for the, like the last six eight months. Nobody had any idea what this was. Adam Driver was going to do this new project called Sixty Five from Sony. It was like, what is this thing? And it turns out that they're they're a, they're extraterrestrials. They're non Earthling humans. And there's a ship, and there's a bunch of passengers, and it crash lands on prehistoric Earth 65 million years ago. And I'm thinking, this is an interesting concept. I mean, it's not wholly original, but it looks interesting. It looks like fun. Kind of feels like it's in the the style of uh, Predator meets Jurassic Park, maybe. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, it, I'd I'd give it a shot. I think it it looks it looks more interesting than Avatar two. It's Warhammer on Earth sixty five million years ago. <laughs> my my only my my thing was I watched the trailer and I was like, oh, this looks really interesting. Adam Driver, um, the writer of of The Quiet Place, right? Yep. But then when you see the trailer, I feel like it just gives away the whole story in it, like. What's left? Like, what's left for me to go to the movie and say, well, what's going to happen at the end? Are they, is he going to be the extinction event? Is he going to help bring humans? But it kind of feels like you kind of know where the story is going to go before you even see it in some way. Although, you know, you, I still want to see it because there's dinosaurs in action. Well, and that's an interesting question. Then, what did they leave out? Because you're you're right. There are a lot of times we get a trailer that tells us everything that we need to know, and we don't ever need to go to the, see the movie. But if that's if that's not the case here, if all we got is a little bit of a hint of whatever the story is overall, think of what they're leaving out. You know, and and also I will remind people that Sony gave us. A Jedi and dinosaurs before Lucasfilm did, because you remember this, the the Lucasfilm story group when they were putting together the High Republic on that that sheet of brainstorming, they wanted to put dinosaurs in Star Wars. <laughs> Sony beat them yeah, to it. They nice. Put Adam Driver and dinosaurs together, done. Yeah. <laughs> the only uh, thing he needs is a laser sword. All right. Mm. So, so did, did you, did anyone happen to read the article about uh, post-Avatar depression? No. Is that a thing? Yes. There, why would yeah. I be depressed? And that, so uh, apparently when the first Avatar movie came out, and then there are some people that revisited Avatar like, you know, later, like in 2017 and stuff like that, and were so enamored by Pandora and 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 the planet oh. that when they left you know the theater or their home theater experience they uh they suffered um depression because <laughs> they had to it was, go back to the real world <laughs> yeah yeah the, the utopian kind of pandora uh was not uh was not the reality and, and they wanted to strive for that. And so there are some worries that um, with the way of water, especially anybody that and, starts to experience that, you can point them to the new 
fusion reactor results that we just got uh, announced there from the Lawrence Livermore Research Facility that we are eventually at some point really, really much closer now than we ever have been to clean fusion, fusion nuclear power. And our, we're on our way to the utopia, folks. I mean, we're all um, set. We get rid, of, we get rid of all the, all the windmills and the turbines and the oil wells and whatever. Fusion is the future, baby. Can't wait to have a Mr. Fusion on my pickup truck. Right? When I was in high school, <laughs> it was 19... 1988, I was in high school, my senior year, my physics physics class. Yeah. We were talking about fusion power back then. Right. And it involves heavy water is, the, is mm -hmm. the big key catalyst to this. And basically heavy water is water with extra hydrogen atoms in it. Is that deuterium? Is that what that is? Um, is that not. Um, maybe. It's been a while since I've taken a physics class. Yeah, yeah, but me too. This, <laughs> About as long, the, actually. The notion, when she sits there and says that three, like, something like 12 cubic feet of water could run the entire West Coast for however long. I mean, it, it was just mind-boggling how much power you could get from fusion if you could yeah. get it to work. And the this is a huge thing if they actually did get it to work. You know, if they finally had a breakthrough in fusion, this is big. Well, and I want to circle back to the Avatar thing, but I read that France gets 75% of their power from nuclear power. Yep, so how is that did. different? Is that the same thing? No, that's, well, no, that's so, fission. So nuclear, yeah, that's fission. So <laughs> nuclear, nuclear energy is actually one of the most efficient methods of producing energy. Yeah. Um, the problem is, is there is some waste, and the waste has to be properly disposed of. Yeah, mm -hmm. because it's highly radioactive, very. But the waste was so the, minimal; they were saying like it's a football field every 10 years yeah but the contamination mm -hmm. if any kind of an act i mean you look at what happened with chernobyl you look at what happened with three mile island you look at what happened right. uh, with the there was a, the, a plant in in japan the problem the problem with nuclear fission is that the waste products are not anything that you can recycle and reuse and consume some other way with mm -hmm. fission the the current nuclear technology basically what you're doing is you're splitting atoms and the energy from that is what's harnessed to, to power things. That's how you're making the foam on beer. That's, right. That's fusion. <laughs> that's fission. Fusion, fusion is yeah. basically injecting a bunch of energy and heating things up. Basically, you're creating this little mini sun inside the reactor. So you're putting energy in, and it becomes a, a process of basically self-replicating. More energy right. comes out than what you put in. And the, the byproduct of that is water, essentially. I mean, you've got the, the components of water. You've got hydrogen. You've got uh, you, things that are not radioactive. So it's much cleaner. It's much more efficient. But just nobody's ever been able to do it. <laughs> so, Jason, uh, I mean, what I like you know, what, what Cam said... says. Cam says, I read Solar Man of the Atom. I know how this ends up. <laughs> so, Jason, you're not 100% correct. There is a, a use for, um, 
nuclear waste, you can use it in uh, bombs. So well, there, yeah, there is that. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, you can you, you can use depleted uranium for uh, that's a very 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 hard metal. Um, now, um, it's great for bunk, uh, bunker busting. You know. Yeah. There you go. If if anyone uh, wants to uh, read a little bit more about post avatar depression syndrome, that's the technical term. Um, the Guardian has a really uh, great article. It's uh, on theguardian.com. Um, it's not a medically recognized condition, uh, but uh, apparently the feelings that people are experiencing are very real. Some of them um, have come close to hospitalization. It's, it's yeah, I wanted to circle back to that because that kind of goes back to your show on was it Tuesday or Wednesday when you talked to Jen? Yes, author? Wednesday, Jen Finelli. Yeah, she was talking about how when, when those monkeys were, they had um, paralyzed one monkey and the monkey was watching the other monkey eat and in its brain, it was trying to, the brain was trying to mimic the sensation in that monkey of what it would yeah. feel like to eat the banana while the other one was eating. So it's kind of tying back into that where you're watching this movie and this movie is is giving you a sensation or an idea or a, a belief, and it's, it's somehow for some maybe some are more impressionable than others or whatever. It's in it's impressing this idea on them that, and when they walk away from the movie, then they are experiencing a real trauma uh, fr from what they've seen. This I think that's really interesting. And that, yeah, they they've described it as like a, a longing. A longing to to be in this this place. Um, I, I think I experience post avatar depression every morning when I wake up and I look at the state <laughs> of the world. I, I find it go. interesting that the acronym spells out pads because yes. maybe they need a few. All right, so that, all right. So we're gonna leave it at that. Um, and and uh, yeah, it's uh, th that is the state of the world these days. I guess we all need padded rooms every now and again. So uh, thanks everybody for uh, for calling in. Ms. Sci-Fi Snob, Death Angel Shadow, Christopher. Good to see yeah, all of you here. And uh, let me uh, let me remind everyone that tomorrow. Uh, at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 Central, we have Good Morning Multiverse with the week's headlines and uh, weather. Well, uh, we've got, yeah, usually we've got some weather. We've got some event updates and, and that sort of thing. So we want you to join us uh, in the morning for that. Also, you can connect with us on various different social media platforms uh, where you can connect with us and uh, get the latest when we announce things, what we announce and uh, find us over on Odyssey and Rumble. And we will uh, do this all again next week. On Monday, uh, we have author Chris Lodwig is going to join us to talk about his second book in a series. And then the rest of the week, we're off for Christmas. We're going to take some time off. And then back on Wednesday the 28th for $4.99. And then Friday the 30th, number 500, and uh, we're going to have a rockin' show there. We're gonna, we're, I'm going to send some invites out. We're going to see who shows up for the party. We're going to make a bunch of announcements. I'm going to have all sorts of fancy little graphics and hoodadsies, and it's going to be a fun show. So everybody join us for that. In the meantime, make sure you're connected with us on all the socials, all the video platforms, all the podcast platforms. Find us everywhere. 
and we'll find you some new places you can connect with us, but we're going to tell you about that on Friday the 30th. So that's it. Have a good weekend, everybody. Remember, there are four lights. This has been a presentation of SciFiForMe.com. Copyright 2022 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Sci-Fi For Me Radio. 